Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. It's good to be back uh, one last time before the break, and yeah, we're going to wrap up our series on the parables, and then uh, we're going to have one final kind of like uh, Christmas-themed RUF in a couple of weeks, too, uh, but uh, wanted to wrap us up in the parables this week, and uh, we've been looking at the parables, and we've been talking about a lot of the parables talk about the kingdom of God. And or sometimes called the kingdom of heaven. And in several of the different parables, we've been uh, thinking about this idea. And the kingdom is basically the simplest way to understand what the kingdom of heaven is or the kingdom of God is on earth is that it's anywhere God is king. Uh, so like, for instance, RUF is a part of the kingdom because within RUF, we acknowledge that God is king, that Jesus in particular is the king. And, uh, the, the parables we're going to look at uh, tonight, we're going to look at two of the, the two shortest parables there are, and they go together, and they kind of summarize all the parables. So there is kind of, a, in a lot of ways, a great way to wrap up our time in the parables. So let me read them for us from, this time from Matthew chapter 13. Uh, it says this, starting in verse 44. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Uh, Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Uh, Let me pray for us as we prepare to look at this. Uh, Heavenly Father, as we come now to your word, uh, we pray that it would be sweet to us and that it would nourish our souls, uh, that it would heal us, uh, especially from our love of things uh, that are uh, not good to love. And we pray that uh, you would work through it. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. I heard a story about Jack Nicklaus, uh, the greatest, one of the greatest golfers of all time. Uh, Jack Nicklaus had one of the longest golf careers of all time. Uh, and Jack Nicholas, apparently, as the story goes, every year, like after some time off, he would come back to his coach. He's a professional golfer, got a coach though. And he would say to his coach, teach me how to stand when I'm golfing. And then he'd say, teach me how to hold a club. This is like one of the best golfers of all time. Teach me how to hold a club. Uh, and then he'd say, teach me how to swing. And the point is that he'd go back to the very beginning every year uh, to refresh on the basics of the sport that he was already a master at uh, to continue to improve. And, you know, for us, uh, we live in this life and the weariness of life. And uh, we live in this life of ups and downs. And uh, as we follow Jesus, uh, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's challenging and uh, every season, though, it would be, it's worth recalibrating, 
like Jack Nicholas. It's worth going back to the basics of following Jesus uh, in order to endure, in order to last, in order to continue on. And uh, the basics of following Jesus is the kingdom. Jesus was all about the kingdom of God. Uh, when he preached, like, you know, the gospel of Mark tells us that when Jesus preached, like what he said to people was the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. Uh, God, the kingdom is here. I'm the king. God has sent his king. Uh, when it talks about what he preached, in other, in other places it says that he preached the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, it's this, what it means is that like, you know, the word gospel means good news. You guys have heard that before, right? It means good news. And, but it's a specific type of good news. It's the good news about a king. And so like when there was a new king and it would take a while for word to spread in that time. And they would say like, go share the gospel of the kingdom. And, and so what Jesus did, what he preached, what his message was, was that there's a new king. There's a kingdom. The kingdom of heaven has come to earth through me, and everything is different. And the parables, God, like a lot of the parables, get at this, and this, this parable in particular summarizes that idea. And I want to look at this parable uh, through the lens of three things. I want to look at the surprise of the kingdom, the uniqueness of the kingdom, and the value of the kingdom. So SUV, right? Surprise, uniqueness, value. So surprise first. Um, it's just two simple parables, right? They're really short. And, you know, just so you know, in that time, people actually did hide treasures in fields. There weren't like bank vaults that you could keep your money in. And so uh, if you got a lot of money, you would bury it in a field to keep it safe. And that was common to do. Uh, similarly, pearls back then were very valuable. Uh, it's known that, for instance, Cleopatra had pearls uh, that were valued in today's dollars at like $35 million. So, uh, for whatever reason back then, pearls were of particular value. So Jesus is talking about stuff that people knew in that time. It was part of their world. And uh, the first kind of point we see about in these parables is that you get surprised into the kingdom. And both of these parables, uh, surprisingly, a treasure is found. Uh, in other words, in the kingdom, you have this realization that changes everything. Uh, Christianity, in other words, moves you into a new reality that you weren't in before. Uh, anybody ever seen the Antiques Roadshow on PBS? It's this show, yeah, and, uh, you know, these guys travel around to different cities, experts on antiques and what they're worth, and, and people bring their stuff that they think is worth something to see how much it's worth, stuff that's been in their attic or in their basement, and uh, and sometimes it's like, you know, people think they've got something worth what, that's worth a lot. And they're like, no, that's not worth anything, actually. See you later. And sometimes they find real treasures. And there's this one episode, you can watch it on YouTube, about the Navajo blanket. Anybody ever seen this? It's, uh, this guy shows up at the Antiques Roadshow with this blanket. And when the guy sees it, the Antiques Roadshow guy, he's like, did you notice that when you walked in here with that blanket, like I stopped breathing? And the guy was like, yeah, I did notice that a little bit. And he's like, do you know what that blanket is? And the guy's like, uh, I think it's like a Navajo blanket. And he's like, yes, it is a Navajo blanket. 
And he starts going into like all the things about this blanket that make it valuable and the stitching and how authentic it is and how good condition it's in. And he's like, you know, this is worth probably around like $500,000, I would say. Turns out it it was actually sold. The guy was able to sell it for $1.5 million. But in this moment when this guy tells him like, you've got this blanket and it's a treasure, like the guy can't help but to weep like he chokes up. He just can't believe, he's just, I thought it was, like, it was just a blanket sitting around his house. And it was a life-changing amount of wealth that he was surprised by. And uh, it changes everything. It changes his situation instantly. Um, and in this, you know, the surprise of the kingdom, you might be looking for it. In one case, like, there's a merchant looking for a pearl, and he's looking. Uh, the guy who finds a treasure in the field doesn't seem to be looking for it, and he kind of accidentally finds it. And it can happen either way with the God's kingdom. Uh, you know, you might not be looking for it at all, and it may find you, as it were. Uh, C.S. Lewis, one of the most famous Christians of recent years who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia and lots of other amazing things, actually calls his memoir of becoming a Christian surprised by joy. And, you know, this is a parable about, you know, talks about the joy of finding. And in C.S. Lewis's story, he says he was the most reluctant convert to Christianity in the history of England. He was from England. And, you know, he didn't want to be a Christian, but he kept on coming up across evidence that was too powerful for him to deny. And so eventually he's into the kingdom and um, he finds Jesus and... uh, So that's the surprise, but there continue to be surprises as God takes us deeper as well. I can remember for me, uh, I was a Christian growing up. I grew up believing and in college, though, I was introduced in a way that I hadn't quite heard before uh, to something we talked about a few weeks ago, this idea of righteousness and justification and how on the cross, not only are our sins forgiven, but in exchange for our sin being put on Jesus, his righteousness is put on us. And what that meant is that, what it means is that uh, I, as a Christian, now have Christ's righteousness. Remember we talked about how we have his resume. Everything he did is credited to us. And I had been living with this burden of just like, how could I ever be good enough? Like I I get like being forgiven, but how could I continue on and not continue screwing this up before God and not feeling guilty all the time? And this light went on and I was just like, oh, that's why. Because I have his righteousness now. And it changed everything for me. Although I had been a Christian for quite some time at that point. And, you know, God and his kingdom are so great that we'll never come to the end of the surprises of it. Uh, there will always be new wonders to uncover. So I want to ask you, have you, been, have you had the surprise of the kingdom? Have you had that, oh, this changes everything moment? Uh, and whether you have or you haven't, the word is where to dig. God's word is where you dig for the treasure. And that's why we look at the word every week in RUF. Uh, that's why we have Bible studies. That's why when you might meet up with me, we might look at a passage of scripture or something like that. Because uh, the word is where you dig uh, for the kingdom. Uh, so that's a surprise. But uh, I want to look now at the uniqueness of the kingdom and the joy that it brings. Uh, you know, th- what these parables show is that 
There are other treasures in life, but there's no treasure like this treasure, the kingdom of God. Like there's other treasures that you could have in life, a lot of amazing things, but nothing like this. And I want you to think about it like uh, Christopher Columbus. You know, like in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right? And why did he do it? Because they were looking for what? A passage to India, because uh, they had hypothesized that the world was round and that if you sailed west, you could get to India, um, perhaps easier than traveling east across the land. And uh, so instead of finding India, though, they found continents and civilizations full of people uh, that Western Europeans had not encountered nor knew existed up until that point. And, you know, imagine, you know, going through that and saying, like, oh, but we got to find the, I wonder if we can get to India, though. It's like, no, like, there's new, a new world you didn't know existed. This is no longer about getting to India for trade. This is about exploring a new world that we didn't know existed. Um, and, you know, for our purposes, it's not that, you know, like, this doesn't mean we need to move Jesus up to the top of our list of things. Uh, what it means is that nothing is the same anymore. Like Jesus now is the list. He has something to say about every item on your list, whether it's, you know, family, school, relationships, career, anything else going on. uh, Jesus is the list. The kingdom, it doesn't just come first. The kingdom informs everything. Uh, I want to ask you, have you found that treasure? Uh, Have you felt the joy of that. Uh, this is why the idea of the poker face exists. You know what a poker face is? It's like, you know, if you're playing poker and you have an amazing hand, let's say you got a royal flush, uh, it's really hard to contain the excitement so that the other players don't know what you have. Like, you can't help but to smile. You can't help but to shake if you've got that hand, you know? And that's what the kingdom is like. When you have it, uh, you can't contain the joy. Uh, what does the joy mean we should do? When you have, when you're part of God's kingdom, what does it mean we should do? It means we should give up small ambitions. We should give up the idea of like making a quaint little life in this life. And instead we should sell everything. You know, what these guys do is they sell everything. What it means is live all of life under the authority of the king. Um, maybe you're lacking joy. You know, this is a parable about these two men who have joy in finding a treasure. And maybe you're lacking joy. And if that's you, I'd suggest that what to do is to look to your treasure. What's your tre- if you're lacking joy, well, what are you treasuring? How might that be contributing to your lack of joy? Um, another way to think about it is pay attention to your anxiety. Where does your anxiety take, you know, what, what makes you anxious and where does your anxiety take you? And if you have anxiety that's taking you to bad places, turn from it. Turn to the king. Uh, you know, maybe you're all in, instead of on the kingdom of God, maybe you're all in on career and future and the security that can be yours if you just get some things, okay? The kingdom of God to that says, you know, Jesus lost everything 
to bring you into the kingdom. And now you're secure for eternity and you cannot lose it. You want to talk about security, it's there. Um, You know, maybe you're all in, instead of on the kingdom of God, on relationships and status. And just like what you can get through people. And to that, the kingdom says, you know, Jesus, all his friends abandoned him. And he was homeless. And it was for you. He did it for you. Do you see how the kingdom changes everything? You know, what do you need if you already have that? Uh, And that brings us to the value of the kingdom. So uh, the surprise and the uniqueness and now the value. Uh, Both of these parables involve men that sell everything they have to get a treasure. Uh, And this treasure represents the kingdom of God. So at first glance, it can kind of seem like this is saying like, what God wants from you is to sell everything. Like it's, it's almost like you could interpret it to be like, you got to earn your salvation by selling everything, which is, you know, the Bible doesn't all over the place says you can't earn your salvation. That's not how this works. Um, you know, it's not, it's, it's saying the opposite. It's saying, you know, like, how could you not sell everything? Uh, one way I want to think about it is like this. Okay. Is $500 a lot to pay for something? Well, it depends what it is, right? Like if I said to you, all right, guys, I've got something in my pocket here and uh, it can be yours if you give me the money tonight. It's going to cost you $500 tonight. It's a shiny new number two pencil. (laughs) You would not do it, right? You'd be like, no, uh, I'm not going to pay. But if instead... I said, like, you got to give me the night. I need $500 cash tonight. Uh, and what I have in my pocket is the Hope Diamond. It's worth about 350 mil. What would you do? You would run out in the hall and be like, does anybody have cash? I'll pay you a million dollars tomorrow if you just give me $500 now, right? You would sell it all because of what it's worth, the value of it. Like every sane person in this room would have the exact reaction I just did. You would run for whatever cash you could find and be the first to hand me $500. Um, Another way I like to think about it is like, you know, new parents buying things for their kids. Like I have two little kids and kids are expensive. And when you have a new kid, it's like, man, it was so easy to spend money on these kids, like these babies. Like you get a baby and you need to buy a car seat, right? And there's car seats that cost like $100 and they're perfectly fine. And there's really nice car seats that cost like $400. And you know what? It was so easy for me to spend $400 on a car seat. Like I'm a stingy guy. Like I don't like spending money, but this is my treasure. This is my new baby. Like, of course, like take all my money, you know? Like my son Asher has broken like our TV and our dishwasher. Like he breaks everything in our house and it's like nothing to me because of how I value, how much of a treasure he is to me. Um, You don't earn your way to God by doing things for him. Like he's a king. He doesn't need that. Uh, But you respond to the treasure that is God and his kingdom by freely living as if he and his kingdom are all that matters. Because they are. Uh, what do you need 
thinking about yourself personally, what do you need to freely give up in response to the wonder of this king? You know, maybe you need to give up time that you could spend padding your resume that you could instead, instead spend caring for those in need uh, because that's the, what the king is like. Uh, and your future is secure anyways. You know your future is secure because you're in the kingdom. Or, you know, maybe this is calling you to give up a life of comfort and self-focus so that you can focus on others. Focus on bringing people into the kingdom. Telling people about how great the king is so they can have the treasure too. Uh, Because the king, like we've seen many times in the parable, this is about pursuing the lost. He's about pursuing outcasts. Uh, Taylor talked a few weeks ago about how he's about filling up a banquet and that all of eternity in the kingdom will be a feast. Uh, Maybe being part of the kingdom, maybe it means giving up uh, our inclinations to do what seems right and instead, for instance, tell the truth all the time, even at great cost. Uh, because the, this king is a truth teller. And what do you have to lose anyway by telling the truth? Or, you know, maybe it's a call to sexual purity because we live in a culture that tells us my body belongs to me and I do what I want with it. But in the kingdom, we know our bodies belong to the king and we do what he wants with it. Um, and in the eyes of the world, like that might seem like giving up a lot, any of those things, you know? Uh, but to those that have tasted of the kingdom of God, it's, so, it's not like giving up anything at all. Uh, sometimes we feel that and sometimes we don't though, right? <laughs> like sometimes we can kind of see clearly and it's like, yeah, it's not giving up anything. I'll obey, I'll follow, I'll do the right thing. And other times it's pretty hard. Um, so how, what makes the kingdom so valuable that you could do it? You know, that you could truly sell it all um, and, you know, sell it all in a way that doesn't even feel like you're losing anything at all. Um, Well, what it is, is that only in the kingdom of God does the king make traitors his treasure. You know, this is about finding a treasure, but, you know, underneath in in this kingdom is the fact that the, the king, well, what's his treasure? His treasure is us. Uh, people that ran away from him, that he pursued in love. Uh, you want to talk about security? Talk about, you know, you already did the thing that would make you insecure, <laughs> a rebellion against the king, and he brought you back already. You're his. You're secure. Uh, only this king goes after the lost. You want to talk about being loved? Uh, there's no love like that. Uh, only this king pays the ultimate price to have you. You know, you want to talk about being cherished. Isn't that what we want, right? To be cherished. Uh, It's yours in the kingdom. Uh, When you have the kingdom, then you have everything you need. You have everything you could ever dream of, you could ever want. uh, And you have it now. Uh, What will you do with that freedom? How will it change you tonight, tomorrow, as you go wrap up classes, as you head home, as you go on in the coming weeks and months? Uh, how will you change? How, what will you uh, do in response to the surprise of the kingdom? Uh, let me pray.
Uh, Father, we uh, thank you that you would include the likes of us in your kingdom. We uh, pray that you give us eyes to see the value, uh, the uniqueness, uh, that we would continually dive deeper into the wonder of it so that we might be changed, uh, so that we might live in reality, which is your kingdom. Uh, You are the king. Uh, You're the king now, and we pray uh, that we'd be changed by that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's stand and sing our last song.